I'm your safe for work podcast. <laughs> now, it is funny we were talking about that. How you know we love to listen to all the podcasts, but sometimes like if you're you know turn it down, yes, yeah, like walks in. you don't know who's around. It's like I can't, you can't say that in front of my colleagues. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, we're we try to keep it clean. Keep it PG. PG. <laughs> While talking about murder. <laughs> Mayhem. PG-13. Yeah. Oh, if you say murder, it's PG-13. Or okay. if it includes murder. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. the more you know. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> With a shooting star. <laughs> but no, um, this weekend is a holiday weekend, so it's pretty nice. I'm looking forward to it. Nice to have time off work. And I wish the weather was going to be nicer here. I know. But, yeah. <clears throat> But um, definitely want to take a minute to recognize the true superheroes of the country, people who gave their lives so that we could actually do what we're doing right now, which yeah. is talk and give our opinions about whatever we want to talk about. Yep. So, so to everyone who served and the families of those who, you know, they lost their lives in battle, uh, we appreciate you and we thank you. So what else is going on this week? Not much. Just going to enjoy some downtime. And oh, we do have something exciting coming up with the podcast. Well, to do with the podcast. Yeah. You the uh, shirts. Yes. Yeah, we got some um, some merch. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to get into the merch game. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have uh, we're doing a limited run on t-shirts, um, and it'll be probably on our uh, Patreon. If you haven't checked us out on Patreon, look for us. Um, we'll have a link to that on our website. Um, but yeah, we'll have a few shirts. Y'all can represent one murder at a time because we appreciate you. We're actually growing. I mean, we're the little podcast that, you know. The little podcast that could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, I little, think it, the little podcast that's trying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have fun doing it regardless, but I mean, it is nice to know that some people are listening, yeah. that we're not just talking to dead air. Well, and probably on the next one that we do, episode seven, yeah, we can preview the shirts. We can we'll give you a little preview of what they look like, and yeah, um, so you'll be able to check those out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got a pretty cool case today, I think. But something that like this brought up for me was like movies and TV shows that traumatized you as a kid. Yes, that made you like scared like to this day like if you think of it it kind of creeps you out yeah so one for me I, there's several actually i have several too the first one and it actually kind of directly relates to this case is the movie halloween the original halloween yeah because we watched it when we were really young yes <laughs> and we've talked before how our mother was kind of like she liked to watch she likes scary like she not gore no. she likes just psychological and scary scary movies which Halloween wasn't really psycho I mean I guess it was but yeah it, yeah, was. it was yeah but it wasn't gory you know the original 1978 no. movie it was scary terrifying and so you were we were trying to figure out how old we were when we watched it you're figuring you were probably like around eight probably around eight that would have made me about <laughs> ten yeah, I, I don't know that that's, I mean, you know, it, it's probably molded us into who we are today, <laughs> but I don't know that every child at eight years old should be watching well, and, Halloween. And that is a big thing. It, you know, it kind of, what you let your child do does depend on the child yeah. and how you think it'll affect them. We handled it pretty well. Yeah, we handled it well, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's an issue with that. I just think that it did scar me. Oh, though. yeah. Like, I'm still scared of it to this day. Like, I can watch the others, like the rest of the Halloween. 
thousand Halloween movies they made, and they don't really bother me. Yeah. But the original Halloween still bothers me. Yeah. And it always will, I think. Well, there's something creepy about him, Michael Myers, besides the fact that he kills everybody. He just, he never runs. Yeah. He never talks. Well, and he, the mask is really creepy, and I know it's William Shatner. <laughs> Bubba Shatner. It's William Shatner's <laughs> face, but it's really creepy. But the... After you learn that it is William Shatner, like you can, you, see, you can it. see it, you really can. Like yeah. you can really tell that it's. It's like, like, oh yeah, it does. But the way they did it, I think in the first one, it looked creepier than in the newer ones. Yeah, they they, they especially did a lot of work like to when it. they were like, and I understand they did it because it's you know I guess old. I don't know if it's supposed to be the original one that he always like. Yeah, in the newest one, newest movie, it was his original. Yeah, because they brought it to him. Yeah, but. Like, the way that it's not, like, all smooth. Because... The smooth effect gave it... It, it was more chilling. It's like, almost sometimes, you, all you saw was that. And it yeah. was really creepy. But that was one for me that well, just... There were a lot for me, too. I mean, because when I was a child, I, was, I wasn't afraid of the dark. But I was afraid of going to bed. Like, mm-hmm. when it came time to go to sleep, I, because of, like I said, our parents <laughs> that were we sadistic. Watched. And well. <laughs> they... Okay, so... Everybody our age, you know, I'm 40, you know, you're in your 40s, <laughs> but you, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, gosh. Unsolved Mysteries came on, I think it was Wednesday nights, and I dreaded it every night, it's but awful. I would sit in there and watch it because I didn't want to be in the other parts of the house by myself. Because you knew Unsolved Mysteries knew was on. Unsolved, and that music from Unsolved Mysteries, like, I can still hear. Yeah, Paul's pulled it up on Netflix just to freak me out. And I'm like, mute it. I can't listen to it. It still freaks me out today because I was always worried. They were unsolved. That's what, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, there was no explanation for a lot of this stuff. It terrified me. Right. So that was a big one for me. Halloween unnerved me. Uh no, the Unsolved Mysteries, the one, because you know they always did categories, yeah. and you know, it would be like um, murder, or it would be abducted. The one that always creeped me out was The Unexplained. Yeah. Because it would always be something really strange, and um, that would that creeped me out. Yeah, that was definitely, that and Rescue 911. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me that. That, that one didn't bother me so that much. That one always bothered me, and now I listen to them on TikTok all the time, like the 911 calls yeah. for part, you know. Which we will go into that later in this case too, but um, yeah, the nine one one calls like where people are on the phone and they would somebody was breaking in their house and they wouldn't get there in time and you would hear the person in the room getting into the room and it, was, it just freaked me out. Yeah, like it terrified me. The ones like that were a little more unnerving, but like the ones where they were actually rescuing people, like you know from the water and they, those didn't. No, like, those mess didn't bother me. me. But, but the it, ones, yeah, yeah, attempted abduction, yeah. house break-ins, things like that. Because especially we were. At home by ourselves, not a lot, but I mean, there were times. Well, it was a different time, you know. Yeah. It was the eight, late eighties and early nineties and stuff like that, and you know, no. <laughs> you left your kids alone more than <laughs> well, you would now. They did. I yeah. mean, people did. Well, we would play outside, like we talked about that before. We would play outside from the time we got up till it's time to come in for supper, and you didn't think anything about it. your kid would be gone all day long, and you didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. Now you wouldn't let them out of your sight. You know, well, I think a lot of it's because you are more aware of what goes on because of social media and twenty-four hour news cycle. You know when things happen, right? When they do, oh yeah. Like back then, you may not hear about something for, well, who knows? You know, yeah. If it didn't make national news, you wouldn't ever hear about it. Oh yeah. But um, now, thanks to podcasts like this, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> but no, it's funny too. Like certain things that freak you out. 
it's different for different people yeah. because we were talking about like definitely unsolved mysteries was for me too but i remember um there mr. was mr boogity is that what you're gonna <laughs> say no i was not gonna say mr boogity but i remember you talking about that on the disney channel and you've recently went me back. and paul were, yeah we watched it on disney plus so if you get a chance and you grew up in the 80s <laughs> go watch mr boogity and it's creepy. Imagine being like a six, seven-year-old watching Mr. Boogity. It, it terrifies me. <laughs> they show up in their little pilgrim outfits. <laughs> I remember that. It didn't really freak me out too much, but it was like probably not a good movie. But anyway, I, I digress. No, no. What I was going to say, there was an episode, because Mom and Dad used to also watch, you may have been too young for this. The Alfred Hitchcock Hour. Yes. I know which one you're and talking there's about. there's actually one specific episode that I remember, like... Like, I could watched it yesterday. And I know which one you're going to say. It was creepy. I still think about it all the time. It was creepy. That tells you how good it was, though. Oh, yeah. Because it was. I mean, that wasn't. Is that the one with the guy at the jail? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was so creepy. Because, like, so basically he worked out a deal with someone who um, buried the bodies, like, in the jail. Like, he took the bodies to the morgue or whatever. So he worked out a deal with this person that he would hide in a coffin and then when he got to the morgue, he would let him out. So this happens. He gets, you know, in the coffin. They take the coffin. So the guy, like, I guess he had a lighter. I think it was a lighter. And he's laying in the coffin, and he lights the lighter. And the person who's in the coffin with him is the guy who was supposed to let him out. Yeah, And it's been buried. That is terrifying. And, and it's been buried. I mean, it was creepy. Oh, gosh. But that's... That's, genius it really is but anyhow <laughs> i um, would love to write something that creepy that was, i just don't have it in me and the music you know and he was just a creepy person in general yeah hitchcock i yeah. think but um that was creepy but there's another one actually um that we talked about recently it's a movie not a tv show <laughs> the return to oz oh my gosh uh, yes it, 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 aside from the fact it's terrible it's like, not great. You, it's it's awful. I no. mean, you have the Wizard of Oz, which is like it's very eighties though. I mean, it, it's super eighties. But okay, my issue with it, aside from it being creepy, the Hall the, of Heads, the Hall of Heads, <laughs> like the Queen that changed heads. They had those things on the roller. Yeah, like oh, they were terrible. But my issue with it, aside from all that, none of the characters were the same. Like they had a and scarecrow it's to be tied in it. to the, like the greatest movie ever made. One of them, the Wizard yeah. Of Oz. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And. The scarecrow didn't even look like the scarecrow from. You could have at least made an attempt. You yeah. know, it was yeah. awful. Yeah. I will never watch it. If I ever catch Cash watching it, I'm going to turn it off. So you're not watching that garbage. And you're grounded. And you're grounded. <laughs> we don't watch that in this house. <laughs> I didn't raise you to be that way. <laughs> if you watching Halloween, and I'll be like, oh, okay. go put Halloween on. <laughs> go put Halloween. You're not watching that Return to Oz garbage. <laughs> But no, I think there was one other. I have to mention this because we talked about this one too on Disney Channel. Because, you know, you don't expect Disney to really scare you like this. But they had some type of um, Sleepy Hollow movie. Yeah, I remember it. And there was me. always one part that, like, really, really creeped me out. There was, like, a man standing at the window and he kind of looked like a kind of like a pirate. I, I'm sure it was supposed to be, like, maybe colonial. I don't know. Colonial things freak me out. <laughs> There's a man, there's a woman on the wing of the plane, dressed in colonial garb. But no, sorry. Sorry, bridesmaids reference. I'm sure a lot of people will get that because everybody's seen that. But anyhow, 
But yeah, there was a guy just standing looking I remember at that. It was freaky. Yeah. I remember that. But yeah, there was a lot. Uh, it, it, it's funny because those, you know, Mr. Boogity and the uh, the Sleepy Hollow one were, you know, targeted to kids. Yeah. yeah. But the, that one didn't bother me so much, but the Sleepy Hollow one did. But all that kind of goes into the case we're covering today. It does. It, well, how it affected us. I mean, we look at it now and we say it's creepy, but it didn't like affect our total psyche. You right. Know? We right. think. We don't maybe want to watch it, yeah. but it it didn't, like, totally mess with our mental state. Right. So, that's a big difference. And I actually picked this one because um, after hearing about this, it, it really did unnerve me. And mm-hmm. we had talked about this when we were doing the research for it. Um, and we'll get into it later. But, like, the history of this, this young boy. Well, he was 17 at the time. But... Um, just the history of him that um, there's really not a lot known about. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we'll go into that well, deeper as far as bullying and stuff like that. But Well, I guess we should get started. And always feel free to shoot us a message with uh, any TV shows or movies that creeped you out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we like to those. hear those stories. Yeah. It's funny because you might remember one that we have forgotten about. Yeah. Because there were a lot in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. It was yeah. 90s. Yeah. The good days. <laughs> oh, gosh. When TV was in its prime. <laughs> and you had the huge satellite and you'd have to hit scan in it. You remember? Yes. Gal- G4. G4. Galaxy S- 4. That's what, um, that's what the Disney Channel was I on. I think so. Yeah, we watched it a lot. And like S15 or something like that. Yeah. There, S- there was a lot. But I remember <laughs> G1, I think, was like the pay-per-views. That's where we would watch wrestling. <laughs> Not WrestleMania. <laughs> no. We're we're hardcore WCW. Yeah. Not not WWF. Of course now it's all the same. Yeah. I will say the biography series on that. <laughs> just I'm just gonna side note into that. I've actually enjoyed it. I've read some reviews that they thought it was kind of a hack job on some of them, like kind of targeting. But um I've actually enjoyed it. I hadn't checked it out yet. You should. It's it's been interesting. And it's interesting to see these people now that they're oh, all yeah. crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Like well, anyhow, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this one. This case is about Jake Evans. We are going back to October of 2012. Um, this is set in Alito, Texas. It's actually in Parker County. It's about 20 minutes from Fort Worth and about an hour from Dallas. So we're talking about Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, the population of Alito is around uh, 2,716, give or take. It's fairly small. Small area. So Jake is 17. He um, is homeschooled. But um, according to all his friends and relatives, he was a pretty quiet, shy kid. He was really into golf. Mm-hmm. He uh, was on, before he was homeschooled, he was on the golf team at school. So, by all accounts, it sounded like he was just a typical run-of-the-mill kid. Yeah. His parents were Daryl and Jamie Evans. Uh, He was the third child of Daryl and Jamie's. He had two older sisters that were Emily and Audrey Elise. And then he had a younger sister named Mallory. And she was 15 at the time of the murders. So, like we said, Jake had attended the uh, Aledo High School. and You said he was a member of the golf team and all that. And by all accounts... There there was no indication that he had been bullied or, you know, any kind of ridicule at school. Like they said, that he, he was the nicest kid. I read uh, somebody he had played golf with said he was absolutely the nicest kid you would know that 
he he was quiet and shy, kept to himself and everything, but he, he was super nice. Well, like we had mentioned before, typically when there is a lot of bullying going on, it comes out. Yeah. Um, usually there will be friends who will say, you know, he was bullied, you know. In, you know, reading about this, it never really, there was never any indication that he was the victim of bullying in school anyway. Yeah. But I didn't read anything that suggested why they left public school and began homeschool. So, well, I mean, Mallory had been homeschooled two years before he was. Mm-hmm. So um, I think she she must have been started in middle school when she started being homeschooled. And Jamie was actually a, she had been a teacher mm-hmm. and an assistant principal for like 15 years in the county. And um, so she was, I mean, she was highly qualified to homeschool and everything. But like you said, there's... No accounts of any of that that we can find anyway. And um, it also said that all of his peers were, like, completely shocked mm-hmm. that he was involved in this. So right. so this one's a little bit tricky, and um, it's pretty straightforward what happens, but... Well, because there was not ever a denial yeah, about what happened. I mean, he pretty much, he told everybody, mm-hmm. um, starting basically right when it happened. Oh, he yeah. told what happened. So yeah. there was never an issue of who did it, you know, what happened. I mean, it was all out there. Yeah. So... Jamie, who was Jake's mother, she, like we said, she had been a dedicated elementary school teacher and assistant principal, and she was described by her friends and co-workers as angelic. Um, that was the word that was used, was angelic. That she, she was super nice. She was dedicated to all of her students. Many said uh, that her kids were her world, which you would expect most mothers right. to be that way. Yeah. But they said she was just a very devoted mother. I couldn't find too much about his father, Daryl. I know he... He must have had a job that took him out of town mm-hmm. frequently, but um, not a lot about him in the news. It, it's pretty straightforward. Not a lot of information about him. He was actually in Washington, D.C. on a business trip at the time of the incident. Mm-hmm. Mallory, his younger sister, not a lot of information about her either. And yeah. I don't know if it was because she was a minor and they just didn't release a lot of information about her mm-hmm. or if they just didn't talk to a lot of her friends because it was kind of straightforward right there wasn't really an investigation per se because like we said everything was known so you didn't really have to interview all the witnesses and things like that because he said this is what happened and there was never really any doubt that that was the case yeah in september of 2012 three weeks leading up to the murders in the beginning of october jake watches the rob zombie remake of halloween three Mm -hmm. times And um, this kind of becomes significant because he talks about it in his written confession afterwards. For those of you who don't know, uh, Rob Zombie did a release on Halloween in 2007, and it was a take on John Carpenter's 1978 movie about Michael Myers, which we had talked about beforehand. And I'll just throw this out there. I actually thought it was a pretty good movie. It is a good movie. I know it got, you know, kind of panned a little bit, but I thought it was a pretty good movie. The um, Rob Zombie version does give a backstory into mm-hmm. Michael Myers and his home life and shows him as an abused kid and kind of, I, I don't... Makes you sympathize it somewhat. It tries to, yeah, make you... With the kid version of him anyway. Right. Not right. so much after he gets older, but... So yeah. it's different than the 78 or whatever, the original version, because in that one, it's basically he's just an evil person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... 
You know, he killed his sister Judith when he was like, what, six? Eight, wasn't it? Oh, young, yeah. <laughs> regardless. And then is put in the mental institution until he breaks out and goes after Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. So there wasn't a whole lot of backstory there. Mm-hmm. So this one goes more into what made him the way he was. Yeah. So the original Halloween, he was the boogeyman. Right. I mean, you know, Laurie Strode, who's played by Jamie Lee Curtis. That's what she says at the end of the movie. You know, that really was the boogeyman. That was the whole premise. I mean, there was no... You're not going to feel sorry for him. You're not going to feel sorry for him. Now, the Rob Zombie take, you did feel sorry for him because he had a stepdad who was, like, abusive Mm -hmm. and horrible to him. And so that kind of creates the monster. Right. But it was... It wasn't that way, and it wasn't meant to be that way in the original Halloween. No, he was just evil incarnate. Basically, that's what he was. Yeah. You know, there was no reasoning for it. Yeah. And so, as he watched these movies, he he was like, this is according to his written confession that was done the, the day of the murder, mm-hmm. you know, after he had been arrested. Um, I was amazed at how at ease the boy was during the murders and how little remorse he had afterwards. I was thinking to myself, it would be the same for me when I kill someone. Okay. And yeah, after... Yeah. very chilling. It, yeah. And like we said, the, the, we couldn't find any record of, like, abuse in the home or anything like that. So I really don't... I, I, I don't know what his motive was, right. really. After he watched the movie for the third time, he put it back in its case and threw it in the trash... So that it, when he did kill someone, people wouldn't think he was influenced by the movie. Right. But he also had kind of become obsessed with the thought of killing his family. Yeah. Because um, there was a quote from him that said he had just sat in his living room thinking about how he was going to do it. Well, I mean, and that's what Michael Myers does in the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's following the movie. Right. So we'll get into that discussion after we present the case. But, um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it is, you know, he it's something... And it triggered something in him. Yeah. So, so this we're going to um, October fourth, two thousand twelve. So early in the morning, Jake and his sister Mallory had gone to the allergist, and then they came home. And Jake spent about an hour hitting golf balls. They lived in a really nice neighborhood. They had about a two-acre lot with their house where he had plenty of room to hit golf balls and all that. Their grandparents actually lived across the street, so they lived close by to relatives. It was a gated community, Yeah, I mean, it was a nice area. Mm -hmm. And I I don't remember reading anything in his confession that said... This was the specific day he had pre-chosen, or if it just clicked. If he just decided, okay, this is today's the day. The day. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know which way which way that went. Jake is at home with um, his younger sister, Mallory, and his mother. And he goes to his room and gets his gun. It was a twenty two caliber. And he devises a plan that he's going to go tell his sister that her mom needs to talk to her and lure her out of her room. So he goes and knocks on her door and tells her, you know, mom needs to talk to you. As soon as she, like, starts to come out, he shoots her. Did it say he hit her in the back? The back and the head, yeah. yeah. And so she falls down the stairs so, Jake takes off to where his mother was in the house at the time. I think she was downstairs as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, she, he goes to her. He shoots his mother in the head. Several times. Several times. I think it said three or four. And then he runs back to his room. Mm-hmm. And he starts to unload the gun. I don't really know what the reasoning behind that would be. I guess because he was... Done. Done or... Was for not, that time. For that I don't know. Time. But anyhow, he hears his sister screaming. 
and he realizes she's not dead. So he goes back and shoots his sister in the head. And just to make sure his mother's really dead, he goes back and shoots her again, too. So he has killed his mother and his sister. So he calls 911. Parker County 911, where is your emergency? And he says... Uh, my house. Okay, what's the emergency? Uh, I just killed my mom and my sister. What? I just killed my mom and my sister. You just killed your mother and your sister? How did you do that? Uh, I shot him with a uh, twenty-two revolver. And what is your name? Jay Devins. Are you sure they're dead? Yes. Okay, do you, um, is there any reason that you were so angry at your mother and your sister? Uh, it's weird. I wasn't even really angry with them. It just kind of happened. I've been kind of, uh, planning on, uh, killing for a while now. The, the two of them or just anybody? Pretty much anybody. He also went on to tell the dispatcher. It's just my family, I don't know, they're just kind of really, I, I guess this is really selfish to say, but to me, they, I felt like they were just suffocating me in a way. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think I'm, obviously, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I guess, evil, but uh, that's, you know, whatever. Okay. So, and I, you know, he sounded really calm. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't someone who was, like, in a panic mm-hmm. or, oh, my gosh, what have I just done? It's basically just saying, you know, this is what I did. I'm evil, I guess. You know, it wasn't like, you know, somebody freaking out. And um, he also went on to tell the dispatcher. Deep breath, honey. In through your nose, real deep. I just thought it would be quick, you know. I, I, I didn't want them to feel any pain. That's why I used the gun. Okay. But it was, it, it was like everything went wrong. It, it's all right. Keep breathing for me. Okay, just in through your nose, real slow out through your mouth. Because he had originally planned to use a knife. Right, he did. Because yeah. er, I had read earlier in that in that same evening, they had all been watching TV together, and he had gone to his room and got a knife, and he had actually been pacing the floor mm-hmm. back and forth thinking, okay, I'm going to do it, I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. Like kind and of psyching, psyching himself, himself up. up for it. Yeah. And he went and he actually sat down with his sister and was playing with that knife in his pocket, just ready to, you know, ready to do it. But then they almost had, like, a really good brother-sister moment. Like, he said they even had a pillow fight mm-hmm. at this point, And they were watching, I think, The Water Boy or something like that. Yeah. And that he, that's when he decided, oh, well, I don't want him to, you know, I don't want him to be in pain, so I'm going to use a gun instead. So this was calculated, in my opinion. Exactly. Because he had plenty of opportunity not to go through with it. He had plenty of opportunity after he had actually shot both of them. Mallory was still alive. Now, whether or not she was beyond help at that point, you mm-hmm. know, if she would have been able to survive if he would have called 911 then, we don't know. But it was calculated. He made the decision to reload that gun and go shoot her right. and then go shoot his mother a few more times just to make sure she's dead. So it's calculated and planned. Well, he had been thinking about this for a while. Like he said, and, you know, he, this is 
basically had consumed his thoughts. Yeah. He just got this in his head, I'm going to kill. Yeah. And, you know, it is. It's just crazy. But um, while he's on the phone with the 911 operator, um, like, I said, like I said, he basically told her what he had done. Yeah. And then he says... I'll never forget this. Uh, okay, that's fine. My, my uh, sister, she, she came down the stairs and she was screaming and I was telling her that I'm sorry, but to just hold still. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I was just going to make it go away, you know, but she just kept on freaking out. But finally she fell down and I shot her in the head about probably three times so can you imagine no i can't oh my gosh just, oh my god so he's just you know telling this person you know nonchalantly he's super calm throughout yeah. the whole thing too i mean just like well you know she wouldn't stop screaming and you know i had to tell her you know i was going to put her out of her misery basically yeah but then he goes on to tell the dispatcher you'll be all right jake okay you'll be all right I'm, I'm, like, really worried about, like, you know, like, nightmares and stuff like that. Um, are, are there any type of medication for that and stuff? Well, I, I think there is. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but, you know, um, the the justice system, and I'm sure your family yeah. will get you the support you need. I don't mean to sound like a wimp or anything, but, you know, this is, <laughs> Wow. I've never, like, done anything violent in my whole life, you know? You don't sound like a violent person. No, you don't. But there, um, help will be provided for you, medical and psychological. So, okay, he's just killed his mother and his sister, and what he's talking about is he's going to have nightmares because of it. Yeah. He's not thinking, oh, my gosh, I just ended my mother and my sister's life. This kid has, like, no empathy. Like, he is, like, zero on... Which is what I would... My reaction, you know, if... A normal reaction, or I don't want to say normal, but a... More probably... I guess it would be normal. A more normal reaction would be, like, if you had just snapped. If there had been a moment where you just picked up a gun and you just snapped. And, like... Oh my gosh, what did I do? Right. Because he said that he went to his room screaming and yeah. everything, but he still goes back and shoots her. Yeah. Well, both of them again. I don't think the reaction is, oh, I'm going to have nightmares from this. Yeah. Well, no. He, Not like, it's holy because, crap, what did I just do? Right. It's because he has no sympathy for them he's thinking about how it affects him Mm -hmm. he's not thinking i just killed my mom and my sister they're dead their lives are done Mm -hmm. he's thinking i'm gonna have nightmares Mm -hmm. i mean that kind of gives you a glimpse into his psyche you know he is just not as you know sympathetic person you know yeah and also you think about how like it said he went screaming to his room, but I think that was because he was expecting it to be like it was in the movie. A movie, yeah. You know, where the killer kills somebody and they just walk away. Mm-hmm. No feelings about it, nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, I don't know how someone could shoot their mother and sister and expect that you're just going to go on with your life. And, like, he had, this is the weird part, too. Like, he had no escape plan from this. No. Like, it's like he wanted to be called, I think. Like, he just wanted... 
I, I agree. It's with like you on there that. was no plan. There was no attempt to run away. You know, he called nine one one. Basically, come get me. I'm evil. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very. It's unlike really. I don't know many crimes like this. Yeah. You know where it was this calculated. But then he's not putting up any kind of fight to say, I didn't do it, or they yeah. made, you know, he, it was self-defense. Well, and he Nothing hasn't like come that. out and said, like we were talking about, he hasn't come out and said that his home life was bad no. or anything like that. And you would think that something would lead to that. Well, he did make one statement to the police. That, yeah. It, they, but we could, we'll go okay. into that a little bit. But, you know, you were saying about the 911 operator. She was phenomenal. She was so cool and calm with him, and she deserves a raise, whoever she is. She did an amazing job. She kept him on the phone for like 20 minutes mm-hmm. until the police got there. And she asked him questions. She tried to reassure him that, you know, they weren't going to come hurt him. That, well, why did you do this? You know, were you mad at your sister? Were you mad at your mother? And, I mean, she asked really good questions and kept kept the whole thing calm. She was absolutely phenomenal. Right. Yeah. At 20 minutes is a long time. It's like you wonder yeah. why it took that long. But anyhow, there's probably well, I don't reasoning. know if they had trouble getting in the gate Maybe. of the community because I remember him saying, because you could hear at the near the end of the call that whoever is at the gate is trying to get in. And he says, do I need to give them the gate code? Oh. So I think they may have had trouble getting in the gate, what took them so long. But, yeah. And this is like we were saying, you know, they had two acres. The, the houses aren't terribly close together. Mm-mm. So it's possible no one knew what was going on in the community. Well, I wondered that, too. Like, because he did shoot Mallory first. And this was a huge house. I mean, there's pictures of it online. And we'll post some of those on our website. But I wonder if she heard anything, because the house was so large, if she heard, you know, either the gunshot or her falling down the steps, if she was making her way to, uh, you know, come check things out. Right. You know, it doesn't really say, you know, in his confession or anything like that. But I wonder if she actually heard the shots. But, I mean, she didn't put up a fight at any point. But, yeah, I'd wondered what she had heard in Mm -hmm. the house. So basically, the police get there, and they pull up to the house, and he's standing there with his hands up. I mean, he surrenders, no issue. They arrest him. There's no, you know, question about what happened. He tells them, you know, he gives a really big statement. So basically, what he tells the police and investigators is that he had devised a plan to kill a bunch of his relatives, actually, after watching the remake of the Halloween movie. And he said, you know, Tracy had mentioned, you know, he was amazed at how easy it was for him in the movie. And I'm imagining he thought it was going to be like that for him. Mm-hmm. His plan was actually to kill his sister and his mom at his house. And then he was going to go over to his grandparents, who we said earlier just lived across the street. So they were close by and kill his oldest sister and his grandparents because his oldest sister was over at the grandparents. I think she lived with them. And he was going to kill those three. So his grandparents and his sister. He was going to wait until the next morning and kill his um, other sister because she was visiting from college. Yeah. So he had this all planned. You know, he was going to take out basically his family. It didn't mention him killing his dad. It never said anything. No, he never really mentions his dad. So I don't know if he didn't plan to kill him or he just left that out. I don't know, but um, it didn't say. Yeah. I mean, it's a detailed confession. Yeah. It's like four pages long. It really is. Um, and we'll provide links to that as well. We won't read the whole thing. But um, 
Yeah, he goes into detail mm-hmm. what he was planning to do and what, you know, happened during the day and all that stuff. Well, he also, you know, we were talking about how they really, there were was no motive that we know of. Um, he had a good home life. He wasn't bullied that we know of. And so he told in his statement that when I look at people, especially teenagers, I see them being very cruel to one another emotionally. It seems that their favorite hobby is picking on someone else. The people who are racists, bullies, and who are full of themselves are the really evil ones. And it amazes me because those three qualities are extremely common today. I was very sad because I felt like my own family were becoming the people I hate. So that leads you to believe that he thought something was going on in his family. Well, I had read one thing, and I don't know if it was something he had said or... Well, it had to be something he had said to somebody, but I don't know if it's in the written statement that at the allergist that morning when him and his sister were there for him to go to the doctor, that she had made a disparaging remark about an African-American who was in the waiting room. His sister did. Yeah. And that he called her a racist and all this stuff. And Like I said, I don't know if this is true. You don't know if this is true. At this point, he had already decided to kill her. Yeah, I mean, that's a moot point. I I mean, obviously... You know, he had already decided to do it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that was the only thing I read as far as he didn't really go into detail about things that his mother may have done or, I mean, I can't imagine what his grandparents would have done. Because he had gone out with his grandmother earlier in the day to run errands. And, you know, I think he had lunch with her or, you know, he had either lunch or dinner with her one. And, I mean, he was planning on killing her hours later. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he he doesn't really go into detail about what it was that he didn't like about them or what had turned him against them. And I think that's what's very scary in this case. What I think is possible is that, you know, if that is the case about the, you know, allergist office, you know, that's terrible, obviously. Obviously, yeah. But I also think it's possible that he is inventing a reason. Because you got to think at some point... You know, if you're planning to kill your family, you've got to at least, like, make them not perfect in some way. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? you got to make it justifiable in some way. In your own mind. In your own, else, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You, yeah. you have to invent some, you know, cause. Right. Because, I mean, why would, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I know he watched the movie and he became obsessed with that, but... I don't know, like, you would have to have some reason, you would think. Yeah. Not just, well, I want to see what it's like to kill somebody. Well, if that's the case, why would you not kill, like, some random... Some random that you have no attachment to. No attachments. He thought he was going to be able to kill his mother and sister and just be okay with it, I guess. Yeah. And he did say also in his statement, I know now that I'm done with killing. It's the most dreadful and terrifying thing I will ever experience. And what happened last night will haunt me forever. Again, he's talking about how this affected him, mm-hmm. never saying anything about his mother and his sister. The only thing that he said, and it was during the 911 call, actually. And uh, to, for, I guess, future reference, I don't really want to see any of my family members, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like it. And visiting or whatever, I I don't know how it works or anything, but I I just don't want any type of visitors. I don't want to see. Okay. 
that's really the only time he mentions the rest of his family mm-hmm. in anything. Right. Which I think is a little telling as well. Yeah. But I thought that was weird. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. This is, it is, it's a really troubling case because it just comes down to the point where you, it almost seems like he did just want to kill him just to do it. Mm-hmm. Like there really wasn't any so motivation it, other than the movie making him think he could do it and be fine with it. So they brought in two different psychologists, mm-hmm. right, for pre-trial to see if he was competent enough to stay in trial. Right. And they found out he was not. So his trial was delayed like years and everything. And there was actually legislation change too, um, where they said that the um, for under well minors they could not be convicted to either the death penalty to get the death penalty or uh, life in prison without parole because it was unconstitutional for a minor. Right. So. So the only option he was charged with capital murder, but really the only sentence they could give him was life with parole mm-hmm. because, you know, it was unconstitutional for the uh, death penalty and they couldn't um, sentence him to life without parole. So basically, they didn't have a trial in this case. The family didn't want to go through it. And actually, amazingly enough, you would they were sympathetic towards oh, him. Yeah. They didn't want to put him through it either. Mm-hmm. So he did reach a plea agreement, which he had already told what had happened. So, I mean... What is the point of going through a trial for this? There's not. You know, not I, to put the family through anymore. So he was sentenced to 45 years on each count of murder. And those are being served um, concurrently. So at the same time. He does have to serve at least half of his sentence before he would be eligible for parole. But that's only 22 and a half years. And he was only 17 when this happened. If, in quotes, he were to be paroled, he would be... A young man. Yeah. I think they said he was eligible for parole in 2035. So he will be 40. He'll still be a young man. Yeah. I mean, he he still has half his life, you know, thereabouts. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one of the things I want to talk about, too. But, I mean, most likely, I would think they'll make him serve the full sentence. I don't know. I mean, that's a question. Yeah. Because, you know, he would... This is one of the discussions, actually, I wanted to have. So, I guess we can go ahead and talk about this. Yeah. So, should a 17-year-old who commits this kind of crime be allowed to have parole? Or should they be able to be sentenced to life without parole? Could you think about this? I don't know when his birthday was, but within a year, if he had committed this crime even... A few months. A few months later, he would have gotten life without parole. I think his birthday was in March, so, I mean, you're talking, like, four, five months? Yeah. So, just a few months, he commits this crime, he's going to jail for the rest of his life. If if not the death penalty, because it's in Texas. Exactly. So, should someone... We're not talking about a 10, 11-year-old kid. We're talking about a 17-year-old who planned this for weeks and carried it out. Should that... Should there be mitigating circumstances where, you know... Five months down the road, he would be in jail for life for this. Yeah. I kind of think, I mean, are you comfortable with thinking this guy's going to be out on the street? I am not. And I know that the family is very sympathetic towards him. And mm-hmm. like we had talked to, your child is your child no matter what right. they do. And we see it all the time with these, I mean, people who have murdered, you know, tens, 20, you know, 30 people. 
and their mother's sitting there saying, but they're a good boy. You know, their mother's always going to love them. And you will love them. Well, he killed his mother, so. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you got me there. But but I'm just saying, but I mean, other members of but his other, family, they, I mean, they even know his sister him. had said, you know, yeah. we're not, because he, he was able to be bonded out, to be uh, on bail. Which is also crazy. Yeah, but I think it was like $750,000 for his bail. And this family, I, I think they were a pretty well-off family. I mean, like we said, the neighborhood they lived in was just, it was a gorgeous neighborhood. So, but they decided not to let him out on bail, and I read a statement from his uh, oldest sister, and she said, we will not be paying his bail, but we want him to know we love him. Well, so th- not- they're loving him, but he's got to do the time. He's got to pay he- for his crime. Yeah, he has to pay for that. But would you not, I mean, okay, let's just say this was your brother. Would you not be like, I'm not bailing him out because I don't trust that he won't kill me while I'm sleeping? Yes. I mean, how could you actually get a good night's sleep or anything knowing that he is out of jail and he just killed your mother and sister? Well, that's part of my theory. Okay. He watched the Halloween movie. What happens in Halloween? He goes after his sister. Well, if... when it, he, he, he goes to... A mental institution. Which he, he was in a mental institution, too, awaiting... Yeah. Know. So... He's playing out the movie, yeah. In my opinion, I mean that that's that's the movie, and I always say that there's something about these people in their eyes after they've committed these crimes. And if you look at these mug shots or even pictures of him in prison now, there's nothing behind those eyes. And this one unnerves me so much that because there is no rhyme or reason to it. Mm-hmm. It's not like somebody who was bullied every day they went to school and they went in and like killed some of their classmates. I mean, that is absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible to do, but there is a reason for it. Right. You know, they They didn't have. just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to kill my mother and yeah. my sister. Yeah. I mean, you got people that do say, well, I just wanted to kill just to see what it's like. But, but usually I'm, in that case, it's a stranger. Yeah. Or someone that they don't know that well. It's not their mother and their sister. But I mean, that somebody who raised you, somebody who you grew up with, and you do this to them with almost like a callousness and just no emotion in it at all. Not thinking, dear God, what have I just done? Mm-hmm. Like, oh gosh, I'm going to have nightmares. Can y'all give me something? Mm-hmm. It's creepy to me. And and that makes, I mean, you have a son mm-hmm. and you know, if you, you grow up and you think everything's fine mm-hmm. and then one day they just kill you. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I think as human beings, we have a need for there to be a reason. A reason. Like it has to be, there has to be some type of motivation for it. In this case, maybe he, it is, you know, he just gets obsessed. But, you know, we we're going to talk about what role movies and TVs play in this type of thing. And my opinion on this has changed a bit over the years because I went, you know, when I was a little bit younger, I was like, you can't blame movies and TV and music for things that people do. I still don't think you can, but I do think, because we were talking about this when we were talking about the horrorcore rap yeah. with the sicko Sam. Yeah. You know, if I am in a happy mood and I get in the car to go somewhere and a song comes on that reminds me of, you know, somebody's funeral or something, it automatically puts me in a 
You start tearing you up. Start tearing, you... it, puts, it changes your mood. Yeah. Same thing, though. If you're, you know, not feeling so great, you get in the car, turn on, and a song comes on that reminds you of, like, your, you know, nostalgia and good times and you're happy, it kind of peps you up. Yeah. So that's in a normal person like, that doesn't have any type of psychological issue. So can you imagine what it would do to somebody if they became so obsessed with something this violent and they already have the issues in the first place, Mm -hmm. how that changes your outlook and how it changes, you know, the way you respond to things. Mm -hmm. So I do think, not that they're at fault or not that they're to blame, but I do think in, you know, when you're dealing with different people, it affects them different ways. And I do think there is something to it. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. Well, like you said, we had talked about that with the uh, Sicko Sam case where he was influenced by that horrorcore rap, it is the same thing. And I myself have, I get obsessed with like TV shows, movies, more so TV shows and movies than music. I mean, I, I listen to certain songs a lot, but like, like we said, you know, I was influenced by horror movies, you know, screen movies, stuff like that. And you learn to channel it into something else. A creative outlet. A creative outlet. And, you know, it's just like, oh, you know. I want to go out and kill somebody. You're watching it, and you do get obsessed with... I do, like with... Which Paul will testify to this. You know, if we watch... Um, what's the name of that movie? There's Hugh Jackman. And the Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman. After I watch that movie, I will sing those songs like not wanna. Like <laughs> nonstop, and I will listen to them in the car. Nonstop. So you do get obsessed with mm-hmm. this. You you're like, oh, that's going to put me in a good mood. That's going to put me in a good mood. But if you're like you said, if you're in some kind of mental state where like you're already thinking, I might want to kill somebody, then you keep watching it. I really want to kill somebody. Watch it again. I'm definitely going to kill somebody. So it does it gives you a motivation. It to, does give to you a motivation. Take action. Yeah. Whereas you know. Like I said, it's not the movie's fault. It's not the TV show's fault or the music's fault. But it does provide a motivation for the action. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think. And 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 when we're talking about someone, like you said, who is in a mental state that is not, and, you know, what the normal average person, you know, it wouldn't affect them the same way. Right. Like we were talking about with the horrorcore rap. Some, one person can listen to that all day long and it's not going to change, you know, it's not going to make them want to commit murder. Right. But they may see it as a creative outlet where they go and write, you know, or they make new music or whatever, but they're not going to become obsessed with actually killing somebody. Well, and I think something, too, is the age of a person, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, well, he, and the it, mental age. The mental age, too, because he was 17, but he seemed a lot younger than 17. Mm-hmm. Like, And I don't know what to attribute that to. I'm, I'm not a doctor or anything like that. I just play one on TV, but <laughs> you just play one on a podcast. On a podcast, <laughs> but, but seventeen years old, everything seems so heavy. Right, everything is the end of the world when you're seventeen. Right, sixteen, seventeen. I mean, you know, we all had something. You know, I loved basketball when mm-hmm. I played. You know, in school, I didn't play my senior year, and it sent me into like. A super depression like right. it really did like I was super uh, my life's over you know this was my identity uh, I have you know what do I have if I don't have that and it, it took a long time for me to get out of that but 
it's hard to see yourself on the other side of things when you're 17. So if he did have something going on, if he was being bullied or if, you know, he was dealing with something, you know, that we don't know of. Well, we had mentioned when we were talking about this before, it could be something very simple, actually. Well, it seems simple this, to the outside. This is my Because we were yeah. talking about how, um, you know, maybe he wasn't abused. Maybe he was just ignored. That's what I think. And, you know, maybe this was his statement saying, look at me. You know, mm-hmm. this is me. You know, because it could be. You know, when you're a teenager and you get, it can go either way. Some teenagers want nothing to do with their parents. And some are craving that attention. Mm-hmm. And he has, you know, sisters. He's the only boy. So, you know, you don't know. Maybe they just didn't pay attention to him. Yeah, you don't know. And because, we, like, we were talking about the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ali Sheedy's character, why was she there? She gets ignored. Yeah, she came there because at least there... They paid attention to her. There were people around that would actually acknowledge her. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's a definite possibility on... It, he wasn't being bullied or, you know, being mistreated at home or anything like that. They just didn't pay that much attention to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's totally plausible. And, and that, may, that and to a teenager, that's, you know, huge. that's craving attention, it's huge. Well, and that could be a reason, too, that he started being homeschooled because there's not a lot of information on why he started being homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Maybe he saw that Mallory was getting more attention being homeschooled by their mother, and he, he craved a little bit of that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like we said, this is one that's definitely, it's unnerving because there's no real, there's you no can't, motive. you can't pinpoint a real motive for it, you know, other than he says he watched the Halloween movies and thought that it looked easy to kill somebody. But and he, that's and he a, learned pretty quickly though, that it's not a movie. Well, that's a big, you know, that's a telling thing for him too, to think that he watches this movie and he thinks it's going to be like it is mm-hmm. in the movie when he does it. Yeah. Like he's... I was amazed at how easy it was for him in the movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. You They're know? not really killing people. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like... You he know, had, it makes he you had think, a break in reality. Right, yeah. exactly. And it does make you wonder, you know, he was probably like a 17-year-old body and like an 11 or 12-year-old mind. Yeah. Because if you can't tell the difference between someone murdering someone in a movie and doing it in real life, mm-hmm. you know, that's saying mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. So, but yeah, this was definitely a, um, this one unnerved me. Like it really did like reading about it mm-hmm. but, because I couldn't find it. Cause I went, I mean, I went deep trying to find any instances that I could give a motive to, and I just couldn't find it. And that, that's what scares you. Mm-hmm. You never know who you're, who you're raising. Your kid. I mean, that's the <laughs> thing. It's not even a stranger. It's your own child. Well, that's... you think you're doing everything right. I mean, they went to church. They were... You know, they were heavily involved in church, and, you know, they both had good jobs. You know, he played golf. I mean, you think everything's going well. Yeah, everything's going well, and then something like this happens. You don't know, and that's what's scary about it. Mm -hmm. Scarier when there's no motive. It is. That's the original Halloween got it right. Yeah. You know. Don't mess with the original. He's just a... Yeah. Because, I mean, he even says it... um, I'm just evil, I guess. Yeah. Basically the same thing from the movie. Yeah. But, um... That's all for this one. I guess that's it. Um, We want to thank everyone for listening. And just a reminder that we will have a preview of our shirts next uh, podcast. And they'll be available on Patreon at some point. Send us your stories or your thoughts on this. Like, the influences. 
do the movies and TV and music influence? We want to know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why we're here. We like discussion. Yeah. So, um, I guess we will wrap it on up for now. <laughs> Everybody enjoy. Well, Memorial Day will be over by the time you hear this, but I hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day yeah. weekend. Yeah. Spend time with your family. Yep. Drink a couple beers. <laughs> so make sure you go to onemurderatime.com. There's a link on there where you can email us. Is there not? Yes, there is. <laughs> so you can email us at Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, at onemurderatime.com. Or Mandy. M-A-N-D-Y <laughs> at onemurderatime.com. And we want to hear your crazy stories, too. Um, we got some, I think, coming up in a few episodes. We don't know exactly when we're going to. That may be like a special extra episode. Yeah, like maybe number 10. Yeah. Because, you know, we try to do a special one every five. So I want to, we need some more, like, unexplained stories i know we said that's what creeped us out the most with unsolved mysteries i guess that's why we're working through our (laughs) issues (laughs) yes this is how we deal yeah we have to make fun of it to deal with it we are also going to have some special guests come on eventually um we've been talking with some lawyers and judges and some uh investigators and they've agreed to come on and tell us about their most prolific cases and there's one case specifically that will be big but that one's gonna that one's gonna i'm rubbing my hands together <laughs> like i'm a disney villain <laughs> but, so yeah they'll be coming on telling us about the court cases and what it actually takes to get somebody actually convicted of a crime and like a big crime like murder or anything like that but um yeah, yeah it'll be interesting I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah that'll be that'll be interesting um i think people will really like that one me too me too but it's been fun as always, and I guess we will see you next time on One Murder at a Time. Later. Doses. <laughs>